This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show. Things are breaking right for the Giants, but this week I keep hearing, oh, Brian Dable could be in trouble, might have to change the, the coach again. He might have lost the locker room because guys were unhappy on the sidelines last week. They should be unhappy on the side. They're getting their heads handed, uh, among other things, handed to them in that game against the Cowboys. Brian Dable should be going nowhere. If I were a Giant fan, I don't, would not want to put Brian Dable in a situation where he thinks he has to win another game. I don't want him winning another game. In fact, if he wins another game, I that, then I would be thinking about firing him. So this all this talk about Brian Dable's and tri- no, 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 leave him alone. He's cooking right now. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, people, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. It's time, though, now for our NFL picks, which uh, admittedly have not been great. They have not been good. 0-2-1 last week. I don't know how this keeps happening. I think, what, now, 10 games under 500 for the season? Ah, who's counting? FanDuel's counting. That's I can tell you who's counting. FanDuel. But I, that's it. This is the week we turn it around. This is it. That's it. Now, we have instituted new rules on the show. Joe Harvey, they have the ability to flip a pick. They have the ability to veto because I cannot trust myself. They did not use their veto last week. Clearly, they should have. Stupid Bills. Idiots. Good going, dum-dum. This is the week. Week 11. We'll look back on week 11 and say that was the week that Gordon turned it around. Let's start with, I like disgusting games. And if you're looking for unders, boy, there's probably no better under this week. Steelers at the Browns. Cleveland minus one. Steelers, this year, really this one to me comes down to Steelers are 6-3 and three with a point differential of minus 26. They're not a good team. There are teams every single year that have good records, but they're frauds. The Vikings, the Giants last year, the Steelers are that team this year. They're not this good. And if they're not 6-3 and three good, I don't think they're 7-3 and three good. Now, the Steelers won the first game. Remember that game? That was the one that Deshaun Watson was awful in. T.J. Watt had a scoop and score. Watson turned the ball over three times. The Browns' quarterback situation is not good. They don't have Watson, clearly. But they've played without Watson already. Their defense, though, I think is really good. They're at home. And usually division games, you like to take the point. But it's only one. And trust me, I shopped around for that. I know there's a one and a half. Some I shopped around. I found the one. Give me Cleveland. Minus one. It's a popular strategy. Division games take the points. Bears, Lions, Detroit, minus seven and a half. Justin Fields is back. The Bears have showed some level of improvement. They're not the Giants. They're not falling into the river. But here's the thing. I can't be trusted. But I trust the lines. Give me Detroit minus the seven and a half. And then finally, game number three. No vetoes as of yet. I have sworn off the Jets. We've been picking the Jets too much, so I have to look somewhere else. But sometimes making good NFL picks, you realize you got to zig where other people zag. Most people would stay away from the Jets. Game number three, Jets 
Bills, Jets minus seven. Jets have lost nine straight division games. They have not swept the season series from Buffalo since 2012. They're 1-11 and 11 in division road games the last five seasons. They've had two straight games without a touchdown. Last three touchdown drives have been one play. You'd have to go back to the Chiefs game to find the Jets scoring a touchdown on a multiple play drive. All the signs point to staying away from the Jets, except the Bills are a bigger mess than the Jets. How is this possible? It's possible. With ineptitude, anything is possible. Dear God, I can't believe I'm doing it again. Give me the Jets plus the seven. And there you go. Those are your week 11 NFL picks. Hold on, Gordon. What possibly could go wrong? What? What? what what's the problem? Veto on the bill on the Jets. No, it, I've already locked it in. Nope. I, no, that's the Zach. Well, you screwed up all the sound effects on the show. That's the Zach Wilson sound. No, you have to you have to veto it before I lock it in. I've already locked it in at that point. As we discussed last week on the show, you yeah. said le- if the Jets lose or lost last week, right. you would have to. I, I, stay I agree. Away from I the remember Jets. saying that, but things change. I, I change my opinion based on the available information at the time. That's how I come up with my opinions. If, as the information changes, I sometimes change my opinion. I'm not one of these people that's locked in and, and refuses to change. I change. Oh, you're locked in, all right. I'm locked in. This stuff is starting to lack some credibility by the by the game. What? You're hitching how, your wagon to Zach how, Wilson and whoever? Uh, not really Zach Wilson as much as the Jets' defense. I think the Jets' defense is really good. The Bills' defense is not. Zach, uh, uh, Josh Allen, Zach Wilson, what's the difference? Uh, I, I don't think that uh, – I think he'll turn the ball over a couple of times. So I veto your veto. Over under three and a half uh, good-looking drives that get derailed by penalties for the Jets. Over under of three? Yeah. Three and a half. You, 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 three and a half. Yeah, so four. Uh, yeah, I'd probably have to go over. I'd have to go over there. But this is the week. This is the week I turn it around. And, and look, the Jets, as Larry would say, they're due. The Jets are due. They're due to score a touchdown. They're due to not have some penalties. They're, they're due to do something. I can tell you that much right now. All right, let's go back to the phone, shall we? 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number because coming up, we still have poop rankings to do. We still have the leftovers. We've got a lot of stuff to do. So let's uh, squeeze some phone calls in here. 1-800-919-ESPN, the telephone number. Knicks, Giants, Jets, Yankees all on the table. Let's go out to uh, Spike is in St. Pete. Spike, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. What's going on? Good to talk to you. Listen, real quick, uh, on the Knicks, uh, forget last night. First of all, I don't think Randall played that well. He had six turnovers again last night. That is uh, it's just something you can't live with. Uh, he looks like he's putting more effort into it, but every time he gets the ball and starts to kind of wind up, there's trouble. So six turnovers is uh, just, just a sign that, that that's not good. But they won the game. you got to win the games in front of you. I think the correct guy, and you, you uh, mentioned it the other night in passing, is Kawhi Leonard. I think the Clippers, they finally won a game last night because Harden made a, a game with a, a late and they beat Houston, who I picked earlier to be the under-over. But basically, Gordon, uh, Kawhi Leonard's on his last year. He's got a player option the following year. He's 32 years old. He still is a superstar. His availability is uh, kind of touchy. But I think if, if the Knicks got Kawhi Leonard, just give him everything you got in terms of draft picks because the Clippers are a mess. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have the exact same uh, salaries. They both have the same exact thing with the player option the following year. 
and uh, Kawhi Leonard's much better than Paul George. I agree with you. You put them on the Knicks, they can compete with Boston, the Sixers, and Milwaukee. What do you think? Well, I think you, Spike, thanks for the phone call. I think you definitely close the gap, right? I think that that's, um, and of the potential superstars that may be available, uh, I guess that that would be the one that I'd be leaning towards the most. And again, this would depend on, I don't want to give up the the, the whole basket of things uh, for Kawhi Leonard. I'm not including all the players and all the picks and everything else. Uh, but uh, in terms of people who could potentially be available, that that Clippers situation seems doomed to fail. Like there, there's, I, I see very little possibility of that being successful out there. And that's a name that's been floated before because it's the Knicks and every name gets floated at some point. But it's not, at least if I'm going to move heaven and earth, I want it to be worth it to, to get somebody who's worth moving heaven and earth for. And that's not Zach Levine. It's not Carl Anthony Towns. It's none of those, those mid-level guys. It's, it's more, it's a little higher level than that. Now, Kawhi's hurt a lot too, and you would certainly be taking that into account. Uh, but that, uh, that would be a better target for me than, than the ones that are constantly being mentioned. Tony is in uh, Midtown. Tony, what's going on? Yeah, hey, uh, Gordon Tellemore, do Damer. There we uh, go. That's to, me, uh, especially during the NFL yeah, games. Quick, um, quick giant, <laughs> quick giant and Nick's take. Just a quick giant take. Hey, look, I don't want a quarterback. I want Marvin Harrison Jr., and we'll figure out the quarterback situation oh later. Um, and then secondly, on the Knicks, I don't want to see anyone – I don't want to give up any of our, of our core for any player out there. You just mentioned Kawhi. Yeah. That's a, that's a decent player. Availability is, is awful. We just need to keep adding talent and keep this core because, hey, look, these guys can ball. The, the only reason we lost to Miami last year, I say, I mean, we had quickly hurt in that game six. We had Grimes on one leg. Uh, you had Randall broke up. So we have a squad. So let's, let's just keep it together and stop trying to get rid of everything and, and trade for, you know, the, the latest flashy name. Let's, Let's hold it together, fellas. That's all okay. I got. Look, Tony, I, I, I can see your point there. Yeah, in terms of the, the Marvin Harrison Jr., the, uh, he might be a sensational player. Um, that is not the road I'm going. It, for me, it's clear with the Giants. Either A, I'm getting the quarterback of the future, who I think is a franchise guy, and, and I'm taking him one or two. If I fall to three and those two quarterbacks are gone and I don't feel as confident about any of those, or I can move down some and, and, and still get a quarterback that I love, that's the road. I am looking to take that pick and I'm going to turn that into picks every single year. Every single year, I am going to acquire extra picks based on that third overall pick. I'm going to trade down this year and I'm going to stockpile multiple picks the following year. I'm going to take one of those multiple picks the following year and I'm going to have extra draft ammunition because that is the only way you're going to turn more so than anything else with the Giants. Quarterback problem, coaching problem, they have a talent problem. And, and really, I know, I think Michael brought it up on the case show the other day. Maybe it was, maybe it was Don, maybe it was Pierre, I'm not sure. Uh, if you simply go out and take the third pick and turn that into Marvin Harrison Jr., it, it's almost the same thing as, as drafting a running back at number three. There's so many other things that need fixed before that guy can succeed. Why would you do that? Let's go out to Dave in the car. Dave, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, I'm going to bounce this off for you. Okay. I spent time, I was in the Marine Corps. There's something known as your military bearing. 
and I, I, I parallel that with the behavior of professional athletes, how they conduct themselves, not just verbally, but you know you're under a microscope. And I'm looking at these Giants players on the sidelines, not just last week's game. I'm watching them all year, okay? Unless Debo comes in next year and him and, and Shane really make an effort to say, okay, here's 20 guys that I didn't pick, and they do some type of gutting of this, of this roster and put in the people they want to run their system, it's, it's not going to look like it's going in the right direction because they have a lot of questionable guys now who aren't going to play this weekend. And when I see a ton of questionable guys not wanting to play on a losing team, that's telling me guys are already thrown in the towel. I don't, I don't have any faith in them unless they turn this ship around in year three. And it's got to be a dramatic turnaround. Am I being too harsh? No, not at all, Dave. And Dave, thank you for your call and thank you for your service. Um, I, I completely agree with you. Year three, you now have – Rock bottom. This year has to be rock bottom for Joe Shane, has to be rock bottom for Brian Dable. To me, the only question I want to ask about Brian Dable, if I were the Giants, is is he the, if we're drafting a quarterback number one, is he the right guy to get the best out of that player? It's not about losing to the Cowboys by 50 points or, or where this season is. Is he the right guy moving forward? to get the most out of the court. And, and you must have felt that way when you hired him. And it was up, uh, up in the air at that point about Daniel Jones, uh, uh, about Daniel Jones at that point. So that's the only question that I have to answer when it comes to Brian Dable. And yeah, I would think that you are going to have uh, major changes after this year. You are going to have to churn this roster because this is the offseason. You know, for all the talk about Brian Dable and the job he's doing, what exactly is Joe Shane holding his hat, hanging his hat on at this point? Or holding his hat? Hanging it? Holding it? Doing anything with his hat? Take a look at the draft picks that they've had so far. It's okay, but it's not like you're... you're uh, Thibodeau looks like he's a real player now. Uh, we'll see moving forward. There's been some good signs. But Evan Neal was the seventh pick in the draft, and he looks like an absolute bust. That was the seventh pick in the draft. And he has not been able to do a whole lot via free agency, but the moves that they made, uh, Okereke looks like a decent move. That looks good. But in terms of adding weapons to the offense, every single one of them, oh, my Lord, not good there. So it's not like he's done a sensational job either. So I would, I would agree with you. This year has to be rock bottom. And year three better look a whole lot better than year two. Otherwise, there ain't going to be a year four. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Ladies and gentlemen, the comedian Stavros Halkius is performing at the Beacon Theater on Thursday, November 30th, and Friday, December 1st. Be caller number two right now at 888-987-ESPN, and you'll score a pair of tickets for the Thursday night show. For full contest rules, all you got to do, go to ESPNNewYork.com. And it's all brought to you by Live Nation. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. I did want to play. It just shows you, like, I'm not a big believer. Like, a lot of Nick fans constantly live in a state of persecution. They think everybody's out to get them. They think the media all hates them. When a lot of them just don't, they're not that focused in on the Knicks. But there is some aspect of, the Knicks' pursuit of that superstar or that big trade, 
that their names always seem to get brought up, even when deals don't make any sense whatsoever. So this week, I'm not sure where uh, Brian Windhorst was, but wherever he was, there was a microphone, and it recorded him saying this. It's probably a third star on a very good team. On that team in Chicago, he's number one or number two, depending on the night, but it's not a good team. It's a 500 team. So I think what the Bulls are going to find, and I think the way the Knicks will look at it, and I think this will ultimately be a discussion potentially with Carl Towns, maybe not right now, but at some point, I think you're going to see teams find it very difficult to get value for these types of players in trade. Again, not because they're not good players, but because it was the new rules, their contract handicap team. And when Carl Towns signed that contract and when Zach Levine signed that contract, that wasn't the rule. When the Bulls made that deal with Zach Levine, they didn't know that the value that he would have in trade would be hampered. So when I see people pitching these trades for Zach Levine, like two first-round picks or, mm-hmm. or this or that, I'm like, I don't think so. I mean, anything is possible in the NBA, but I think the Bulls are, are probably going to be reluctant to trade him because they're going to find out he doesn't have much value because of that contract. All right, so there is um, Brian Windhorst talking about uh, Zach Levine and what uh, teams would be interested in the Knicks, would they be interested? And then there was a report from uh, Steph Bondi of the New York Post that Zach Levine's camp does not want to end up in New York playing for the Knicks. Quote, there are multiple reasons a Levine to the Knicks deal won't happen. A source reiterated to the Post this week that Levine's camp would prefer not to go to Leon Rose's squad. So I guess um, Zach Levine is a, is a clutch client, and of course, uh, Leon Rose is CAA, so there's that part of it there. But it almost feels like uh, that the, the, the line inside, you're giving me it's not you, it's me. If it's anybody, it's me. We don't want him anyway. So uh, it doesn't matter that he's not interested in us. We're not interested in him. It works out perfectly. No, the Knicks' target has to be something bigger than that. And it has to be something bigger than Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns' contract is horrendous. And I don't know much about the, the collective bargaining agreement. There's always these terms that come. This, they've signed this guy to this kind of contract, and 10-day contract, and mid-level. and all. But I do know that the, 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 the New Deal, financial flexibility is a major plus. And the Knicks have that financial flexibility. The Timberwolves don't. So why the Knicks would look to bring in a player who is basically Julius Randle. That's, in terms of, that's basically what he is. At twice the cost, that ain't the move. Carl Anthony Towns ain't the move. Levine ain't the move. I don't know what the move is, but it ain't that. Keep, keep bringing him to me, and I'll keep telling you no uh, until we find one that, that seems to make sense. And I'm not saying that there's one out there that makes sense because superstars in the NBA, there's like seven of them. And they're generally not available. But I'm not going to go out and make a trade for someone who I can, in my oh, maybe he's a superstar. Oh, maybe, maybe. No, no, no. I want more than maybe. And, and the Knicks and Leon Rose doing what they've done, kind of creating some level of success in production, that allows them to have more time to wait for that right deal. Let's go out to Richard is in Manhattan. Richard, what's going on, pal? Gordon, what's the bigger game this weekend? Rangers, Devils, or the Jets and Bills? What do I tune into? Jets, Bills. Well, That's I mean, big. It's, a, right. it's kind of unfair. You see, Evan, Evan Fournier came off the bench yesterday. It was Did great he? to see him play. Yeah, well, I'm, sure he was, I'm sure he was as surprised as I was right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I can't watch these NBA games on those courts. Can't do it, won't do it. Adam Silver's out of his mind. I don't know what he's doing making this a circus. Basketball is such a beautiful game. These athletes, 
We don't need any of this shtick. It's terrible. Or Gordon, awful. Did you see the uh, the Cy Young voting in the American League? I did. Okay. I like to draw conclusions out of numbers, out of anything. And this is what I come out of this. And you're not going to hear this from Tim Kirchin or Buster Only or Tyler Eppner. None of them, but only from Richard. Here it goes. This is the first time in Cy Young voting, I think. Now, I don't have a computer. I'm just going on my brain. Cy Young voting that the World Series winner, the Texas Rangers, did not have one pitcher receive one vote, not even a fifth-place vote for Cy Young. In other words, not one of their pitchers was deemed worthy enough of getting a vote for Cy Young Award. That has to be a first. I don't know for a fact, but that has to be a first. Never happened. And one last thing, Gordon. Quarterbacks going down. I've never seen in 60 years of watching NFL football in New York the Jet and Giant quarterbacking this bad. I've seen bad Jets and I've seen bad Giants. Never this bad at the same time. And the reason is, it's really easy to follow. The reason is the teams do not want to spend money on backup quarterbacks. You have a salary cap. They'd rather put all that money in getting better players because the rules are slanted so that the quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks, don't get injured. But they're getting injured in freak injuries like Daniel Jones backing up uh, 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 Aaron Rodgers going down. That wasn't much of a football play. These are freak injuries that guys are going down. You're turning to backup quarterbacks, and the games are – they're not even awful. They're unwatchable. This is a serious thing. They're going to have to refocus how they do on backup quarterbacks. Guys are getting injured too easily. Even Tyrod Taylor, probably the best backup quarterback, gets injured. Now you're going to have to go to third-string quarterbacks where you're paying guys. I mean, it's ridiculous. But this is what you're going to because the games are just unwatchable. I hear you, Richard. There's just not that many guys, right? Like, it's impossible. It's hard to find even a second guy. And teams – when you're paying a good quarterback as much as you have to pay them, you're, you're kind of cutting corners everywhere else. That's why the, the rookie quarterback kind of surrounding the rookie quarterback and spending all the money on other places before you have to pay the, the young quarterback is, is the, the model that a lot of these teams use. And there's just not that many of these guys. And the, the game is faster and the guys are bigger and guys are getting hit, even with all the rules they're putting in place. It's tough. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Everyone always wants to know, who are the best teams? Who ranks high up in your NFL power rankings? Here on this show, we do things differently. We have the polar opposite of power rankings. Who's Not who's the best, who's the worst. We'll determine that next on the Poop Rankings on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yes, it is that time, people, for the polar opposite of power rankings. I, we do it now, every I think, every week. It certainly seems like that. We, we, it went away for a little. We created it. It went away. We thought the Jets and Giants were on better roads. And then the Giants came right back to where they were. Much like the movie The Edge, you guys have got to see. Oh, fantastic. Again, it's like seven years old, the movie. It came out in 1997. Let's start with the polar opposite of power. Every week, everybody, all these shows, all these columns, all these websites, they come up with their power rankings. NFL, who's the best? Who's number one? Who's number two? How would I know? I sit and watch the Jets and Giants every week. So 
On this show, we came up with the polar opposite of power rankings, otherwise known as the poop rankings. So for week 11, we start at number five. We count them down like Casey Kasem back in the day. Number five, um, well, it's actually two number fives. One, my NFL picks on the year. They've been atrocious. They've been horrendous. But also, you know what also is horrendous? The Chargers' defense. How about that? The Chargers' defense at number five. There you go. Uh, Chargers, last week against the Lions, scored touchdowns on their last five possessions. Touchdowns. Five possessions in a row. I just blew Jet fans' minds. Wait a sec. You can do that? Oh, my. Boom. And they lost the game. How did you do that? How? When was the last time that happened? A team scored touchdowns on their last five possessions and lost the game. It's because the Chargers' defense happens. So they asked Brandon Staley what changes this week. And he said, eh, no changes. We believe in how we play. That, well, that was his direct quote. We believe in how we play. I believe that your defense is a mess, and you're the defense guy. That's how you got the job. Maybe the most damning thing the Lions offensive coordinator, they asked him about the, how their, their offense was just rolling. He said last week, I just felt like any play on the play sheet would work. And the reason he felt that way is because it did. So number five on the poop rankings for week 11, the Chargers defense. Number four would be the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are stone cold morons. You're one and eight. You got the inside track to the number one pick. And what do you do? You bring back Kyler Murray and win a losable game. The last thing you need is when you're one and eight is a winning streak. Oh, my. Derailing the entire scene. I didn't want this to be the way it was going at the beginning of the season if I was a Cardinal fan. But we are where we are. Like I was saying before with the Giants, you are where you are. You have to just deal with reality. You just have to let it wash over you. Just got to take it right in the, in, the, in the skull, right in the dome, right in the face. You just got to sit and deal with it. Stew in your own mess. And I don't even think Kyler Murray is their franchise guy. But let's say he is. I'm sure that's going to work out great. Before he got hurt, there were the major questions about him being the... Then he goes away, he tears up his knee... And he comes back and he wins a, a very losable game. The Arizona Cardinals could have been set up very, very well this offseason to make big moves and big changes. Instead, they are stone-cold morons. So number four on the polar opposite of power rankings, the Arizona Cardinals. Now, this is really where the rubber hits the road. The top three spots. Tough. You, it's almost like uh, when you're talking about the goats in uh, in the NBA. You could go, you could go MJ, you could go Kareem, you could go LeBron, you could go LeBron, you could go Jordan. Any of those three kind of are at least in the ballpark. These three, they have separated themselves from the field. I will go number three, the New England Patriots. <laughs> if there was a movie about the future that came out like seven years ago in 1997. If there was a movie about the future, and in that movie it depicted the Patriots like this year's Patriots, it would be funny, but it would not be realistic. You'd say, yeah, they're just going for a laugh. It's not realistic for the Patriots to be one of, if not the worst team in the sport. 
Oh, it's real, and it is spectacular. Last week in Germany, they there was a column I was reading, doing some research, and they do like every single week a four up and four down, four good things, four bad things. The four good things they gave up after three, and one of the things was Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, you're really grasping at straws. And think about this. This is a great stat about the Patriots. You want it, your mind blown? Here you go. The Patriots last week rushed for 167 yards. Their defense gave up 10 points, and they lost. They ran the ball effectively. They gave up 10 points, and they still lost. NFL teams in that situation, rushing for 160 yards, giving up 10 points or less, had been 266 and 0 until Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. So, number three on the polar opposite of power rankings, the poop rankings are your New England Patriots. Number two, I got to go Giants here. Uh, last week, it felt like the Giants. Yeah, I'm sorry. Giants, I kind of forgot the, the script of this one, too. Feels like the Giants were a team that was just made up from scratch moments before. The- they just pulled guys out of the, the parking lot and just threw them on the field against the Cowboys. It was like men against boys. And, and not even like old boys. They were like young boys. Uh, they were young, um, non-mature boys. And they just got absolutely bamboozled. Tommy DeVito at one point had, until like the last drive, I think he threw, had thrown for 44 yards. Not in the drive, pre, no, the whole game he had thrown for 44 yards. The Cowboys had over 600 at that point. At one point, the yardage was 314 to 28. No offense looks worse. I would say there's no possible way that the Giants will look worse in that game. But this whole season has felt like a series of, of new rock bottom. Every time you think, oh, this is rock bottom, no, then figure out a new way. And that Giants-Patriots game in a couple of weeks, that is fascinating. It's fa- well, no, you don't have to mention them there. Uh, that game is fascinating because the winner here, – here's the problem the Giants have. If you think one game isn't a big difference, go ask the Jets. Think about this. If the Jets had simply done what they were supposed to do a couple of years ago, and they, where, how would you feel about the Jets right now if they had Trevor Lawrence? They didn't take Zach. Well, they took Trevor. How would you feel about where the? Assuming all other things are equal, how would you feel about the Jets right now? Would you feel like the Jets have a Super Bowl possible this year? And if not this year, certainly a deep playoff run and and, and a Super Bowl. It feels like in in the near offing, you would certainly feel that way. If they had just simply done what they were supposed to do. And the problem for the Giants is, you want to take it next level. You want to go down the wormhole. You got the Eagles lurking. And can't you see that organization, those people, throwing a game at the end of the season that they don't need just to screw you? Can't you see that? They've already done it once. I could. So I will put the Giants at number two. And so that leaves number one for a second straight week, uh, the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, the one win, the uh, offensive line is brutal. They have no weapons at the skill position. Their quarterback, who they traded up for, has been so bad. I actually read this week that some people are saying, you know what, maybe they should bench him for Andy Dalton just to kind of give him a breather. That's not good. And in terms of the future, they're really kind of – they have the third lowest draft capital at this point, according to NFL Tankathon, because of the picks they traded last year to move up. And they have an owner – that's had six head coaches now in five years. The Giants, they fire him every two years. This guy can do you one better. 
He fires them every year. So there you go. Number one on the polar opposite of power rankings are your Carolina Panthers. And yeah, and that is the worst that the NFL has to offer. And we count them down every week here on the Gordon Damer Show on the polar opposite of power rankings. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. A hungry Damer is never full. At this stage of my life, eating is like 90% of my joy. Where he answers the unanswerable. Gotta do something with my hands. I gotta get busy. No algorithm can defeat the GD. These are Gordon Damer's leftovers. Okay, so I got one sports-related leftover and one non-sports-related leftover. And it is the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Uh, take you up until noon. Anita Marks coming your way then. Uh, the sports one, and we get Joe and Harvey involved in this, but uh, the first one is sports-related, and you guys have a take, not uh, Met fans. We've not touched on the Mets at all so far this sh- uh, show. I don't know if Met fans are prepared for Pete Alonso being traded either this offseason or next season, but they should be preparing themselves now. Like we were talking about uh, the Yankees' pursuit of, of Juan Soto earlier, and I said you know, it's kind of against brand for Brian Cashman to go out and trade prospects for a soon-to-be free agent who's going to be getting a contract worth $500 million and do that. That just does not – that's not the type of trade that Cashman generally would make. It would be going against brand for him to do that. David Stearns – it would be going against brand to be signing Pete Alonso to the contract that he would be looking for eight, nine, ten years with Scott Boris as his agent. And if you're one of those people that has been saying about Giancarlo Stanton, oh, the Yankees, what a mistake, what a big uh, screw-up they had. Uh, now they're stuck with this contract. They should have known. It's not about home runs. It's about young and athletic. Well, then that's, it's easy to say that about Stanton now. I was saying it when they made the move. But it's easy to do it now. It's, it's, it's a done deal. You should also be saying it now when it comes to Alonzo because those track about the same. Lumbering first baseman, not a lot of athleticism, not a good fielder, looking for a long-term contract. He's going to get traded at some point, I'm pretty sure. I, I do not see the Mets going out and signing him to an 8-9, 10 contract and probably shouldn't. It would be a mistake. Would be a mistake. All right. Uh, Joe, Harvey, you got any leftovers started off? I have one, and since we didn't get to it on the high school football show, my right. high school, Middleton High School, is going up against Christian Brothers Academy in the Section 9 quarterfinal in about okay. seven minutes. So uh, let's go, Okay. Mitties. Well, I will say my son's high school, my daughter's soon-to-be high school, West Essex, they had a huge win last night. Uh, they, they won 21-20, last second, right down to the water. We're trailing early. Had a big win, so they're now going next. I think it's next week. They I don't know who they play, but they they move on to to play at Rutgers. So that's a big game there. So uh, all right, Harvey, what do you got, by? I'll just keep it a bit local as well with the Giants and Dayball. Look, I can understand people getting annoyed that the team is less competitive than last year. You're awful. You got talent issues. You're all that. But what would it say about the perception of this franchise if all you do? is recycled coaches left, right, and center every single two years. Does a guy not get a chance to build the program? I get it. It is awful. It's rough. They're getting embarrassed on a weekly basis. But does he was picked for this, right? Yes. It was and a rebuild when he walked in the door. He was picked for that. And let's just say, boom, you can him after, after this year or maybe halfway towards the next season. What coach would feel secure in coming here to – 
eventually left this franchise off the ruins if the past, what, three, four coaches have been giving two and a half years max? I would just say, unless you change the talent, doesn't matter. You could bring in anybody. They're not going to win with this talent. So it's not really a coaching issue. Nobody can win with the situation the Giants have right now. So until you change the talent, talent you can't evaluate the coach. Uh, so uh, that that's, I, I agree with you there. The only other thing I have for leftovers this week, and I know other people have kind of touched on this, and it's, it's kind of a, a talking point. It's not sports. Have we lost our minds with tipping now? I went to uh, Chipotle last night. You know, you go to Chipotle and you and you do the little walk with the person. You tell them you point. You know, I want this. I want the meat. I want the beans. I want the rice. I get to the end of the line, and it. She turns the thing around. Tip. I'm tip. We just walked together. I told you what to do. What do we? I saw a video. I'm not, I think it was at Newark Airport. They you ever see the, the the stands that they have at Newark where there's nobody actually even there. You, it, I guess it's just on the honor system, which is amazing that the place is still in business. But people walk up to the counter and they scan the thing. It's self-checkout. And the first thing that comes up is tipping. Tipping for who? There's nobody there. There's literally nobody there. Who are we tipping? Newark Airport at this point? Very, very odd. Did you guys ever see that? You ever had that? Not in those situations. That feels like two things that it seems self-explanatory. Now, Usually, when I go out to a restaurant, I usually over-tip just a, a little restaurant bit. restaurant is absolutely restaurant different. This is I just walked with you on Chipotle. I, if you let me do it myself, I'll do it. My, just give me the scooper. I'll scoop it. I can scoop it. Well, it would turn into a buffet at that point. I, why not? Let's do it. Why not? It would be easier. You can figure out a way to do that. Now, I can't wrap the burrito. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have that talent, but we'll figure it out from there. Very, very odd. All right, that's going to do it for us. For We're already out of time. I told you there was too much to do today. If you didn't get us on the phone, certainly you can hit us up on Twitter, on X, on Instagram, on uh, TikTok, everywhere, at Old Man Radio on TikTok, at Gordon Damer on Instagram, X, Twitter, all that type of stuff. Thanks to Joe and Harvey. Anita Marks is coming up next. It's only here, 98.7 FM, ESPN.